time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 337, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Trevor Long from EFTM.com and Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Good morning, Stephen. G'day, Trevor. How you going, mate? Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Are you feeling all right? I feel so everyone listening is just going, oh, that's, why is he laughing? Because we've just had a five-minute right? conversation about how I am jaded. Jaded um, is the word I coined. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jaded. You didn't coin the word, mate. Well, I know, mate. <laughs> what I what I came up with. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a bit tired. Yeah. And burning um, the candle at both ends. And you know, most stories don't inspire me right now. So that's all. You're very every every just a bit of background for our <laughs> listeners. We 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 spend a fair amount of time about ten five minutes. five minutes working out what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And everything that I suggested. <laughs> Trevor had a negative reaction to it, and he says, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do this." But you know, he was he was thinking it wasn't it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the reaction I normally get when I suggest stories. You, yeah. I think you might you do need a sleep or a week in Vegas, but without working. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've got a plane to Chicago on yeah. Sunday. I will sleep like a baby. Really. Two Blokes Talking Tech, uh, episode 337. Thanks to Netgear and Hisense. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we kind of do talk about the tech news of the week, and I don't know about you, but one of the things I'm exhausted from talking about, and it's really interesting to me, timelines on these things. This Facebook Cambridge Analytica story started on pretty much Monday. Um, I think we did it on the Today Show on Tuesday. You know, you wrote about it earlier in the week, you know, but it's – Still today, like I did, I think five radio interviews this morning about it. It's it's really still only just really hitting its straps in terms of public attention, and to go back fifteen steps as best we can. Cambridge Cambridge Analytica is a crazy weird company that uh, uses data analytics to um, profile people, to create personality data profiles, to mine data from different areas, and you know use that to essentially in their, their biggest business is elections. They use that not just to create advertising, and we all know about election election advertising, right? The yep. hate campaigns and whatnot. But this is seriously like deep stuff. They use it to target political advertising <clears throat> specifically to the things that are going to rile you up, right? And so the question was, where do they get their data from? And there was a whistleblower who said, we got it from Facebook. We got it from a guy who was doing academic research. Yep. And that's the story here. The story here is they have tens of millions of people's data. Yeah. They are using it for commercial purposes, which is against the Facebook terms and conditions. And Facebook big... has suspended them. Whoop de doo. But it was, I think, what the, for me, the biggest part of the story was how they got that data. Oh. They, they, kind of, they, they had an app that was called <clears throat> This Is Your Digital Life. Which is one of those, you know, those personality tests you can take on yeah, Facebook. Which Kardashian are you? Yeah, or what? What are you going to look like in a perfume you commercial Bruce? or something? No, I haven't done the test, mate. <laughs> Am I Bruce? <laughs> you gibber. <laughs> but the what? What, it, what, in, what really surprised me was that this app was uh, people were enticed to use it because they were going to get a payment. They go use it, you get paid, and they thought cool. 
But one of the little little conditions was that you know how whenever people sign up to apps they share on Facebook or any any app for that matter, it tells you it'll access your contact list, it'll do this, it'll do that. And one of the conditions of this app was that it would give them access to all their friends. So your friend, if if say I decided to do it and you're one of my friends, are we friends on Facebook? We are. Okay. I it, if I say okay, I'll do it. I've decided for all my friends that their information is going to be available. Yeah. Which is a little bit like I didn't give a you wouldn't have given permission for that, but I have on your behalf. And this was in 20, uh, 2013 This occurred. The, the test was oh, in twenty thirteen. Okay. Um, and for, and so out of three hundred thousand people doing the quiz, they got tens of millions of Up people's 50, information yeah, right. And Mark Zuckerberg said this week that in 2014 they changed the rules and, and that friends of friends things didn't exist anymore. But horses bolted, folks, right? Horses bolted. The data's already out. They've got it. And now the challenge here is um, nothing illegal was done, right? The terms and conditions of Facebook were broken and they've been suspended, but nothing illegal was done. They'll probably go towards, you know, House Committee tribunals and all this kind of weird stuff in America. But in the end, that'll all just be a focus on what is Facebook doing about privacy. There may be regulations put in place. But the bottom line here is, folks, the horse has bolted. And forget Cambridge Analytica. Forget the dude whose last name is Kogan, quite frankly, um, from Cambridge Analytica, (laughs) from Cambridge University, who did the research. Um, I looked the other day. I've got 171 apps authorised on Facebook. I looked myself. um, I I think I've got more. I put us in my story. I, I wrote how you can look, see what yeah. apps you've got, and, and surprising amount, and how you can turn them off and all that. Mm. But they, they Channel Nine did this story the other day, and they found out that the the address given for the Australian arm of the Cambridge Analytica was. I looked on the news; it was actually across the road from a house I used to live in in Maroubra, wow. <laughs> in 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 uh, in South Coogee, Maroubra. And I'm thinking, hey, man, that's my. I could see my old house in the background, and this the house. And and I've got to say, this is a solid neighbourhood where they're living, like views of the beach and all that. So they're doing pretty good if they're Australian headquarters. But the 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 time that's passed on this, hmm. a lot's changed. We should remember that. And and apparently, they were supposed to delete the data. Yeah. Whether they have or not, who knows whether they've done it or not. Now, the, the other thing that sort of came back that sort of made this a, a, another added another layer to the story was the fact that they claimed to have used this information to help the Trump campaign and also the Brexit campaign, which both occurred in 2016. Yeah, but just on that, though, the reason that gets attention is because most of the media hate the fact that those two campaigns got up. So it's, you know, they're trying to, but actually, if you watch the Channel 4 story, you know, we're talking influencing African elections, some European elections, you know, it's pretty crazy stuff they've been doing. But I think bring it back to Facebook. And as you said, this is old news, essentially. It happened years ago. Delete Facebook, right? That's the movement. No one's going to do that. Not a single person in my Facebook timeline has said, oh, see you later, guys. I'm out of here. People on Twitter yeah. are going, oh, delete Facebook, but they wrong wrong platform. Yeah. But they've been discussing it. A lot of my Facebook friends have been have been saying, oh, Facebook's this and that, and and complaining about Facebook on Facebook, yeah. ironically, yeah. and saying, well, and the stories that I read about the the movement of deleting Facebook, I read on Facebook. Yeah. Funny enough, if if it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't be able to read those stories. And so that's the thing, and, and you know what, most people's alternative to Facebook is Instagram, Which is owned, owned by, by Facebook. Facebook. Hello, or WhatsApp. Home by Facebook. Facebook. So the the point of the the story that I wrote was, can you stay on Facebook and still keep your data safe? And the answer to that is absolutely you can. Hmm. A lot of us... From this point forward. Well, of course. Because if you've had it open all this time, there's a bunch of apps that have got your details. 
Done. True. Finished. But I, th- I think a, a lot of people need to realise that Facebook is an, and I've said this in my story, Facebook is an opt-out system. Hmm. As soon as you sign up, as soon as you install the app, as soon as you do anything, every gate is open. So yeah. you've got to go back through the settings and say, no, I don't want to share that. I don't want to share my relationship status. I don't want to share my age. I don't want this. So you've got to manually go back and do it. And you'll be surprised when you go in the settings, look down the left, it says apps. You'll see how many apps that you've allowed to access your Facebook mm. profile. A lot of people, when they sign up to a new app or some, do want to do something online, the choice to sign in with Facebook is the easiest way to do yeah, it. Rather than creating a whole new account yeah. and putting in your date of birth and everything, so we're kind of giving ourselves that. That is, we're giving ourselves because we're lazy. We we're not taking the trouble, and that's why they've got your data. So it's kind of our own fault. Facebook is free to use. They don't charge you a fee to use Facebook. Because they own your data. The currency we, they have is your data. Exactly right. And they use that data to, to like sniper accurate targeting of advertising and all these other campaigns. So if you want to stay on Facebook and not be the target of this kind of data sharing, then you need to do something about it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Stephen has listed some some good, simple tips and tricks on the website, techguide.com.au. Um, you know, Zuckerberg, just finally, the, the two things he said they're going to do that I thought were good going forward, but not really helpful going, you know, re- retrospectively. Um, firstly, if you've got apps, so there's 171 that I've got, they're going to time limit them. So if I haven't used them for three months, they'll stop having access to my data. That's good. Um, the other thing is that by default, they're going to change that, you know, what, what they get to just being name, photo and email address, which is what most apps need to get you in. So the whole date of birth, friends list, photos and stuff like that won't be part of the default list. But still, check what it is before you sign in. Don't click yes. Wait and read and look at the settings. It's not rocket science. Um, one one bit of advice too, and this is my policy. If any, if, if I see stuff come up on my timeline of someone who's done one of those ridiculous tests and shit. Write the word scam. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll think less of that person. I'm thinking that, oh, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. And you're giving up your data for nothing. You'll think what less are you of getting? What are you getting out of it? What if your mum does it? My mum's not on Facebook. Fair income. No. Nor my dad. Mrs. F not on Facebook. No. No. My mum's on Facebook. Is she? Yeah. yeah I'm happy for her. But uh, my, my mum and dad, I see them nearly every day, and I'm their Facebook. I tell them what's going on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, you're the filter. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I keep him abreast of everything that's going on. They How's Joey? Oh, she's good. She's good. Yeah, he's a photo of her that I took yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Mr. I'm and Mrs. Fennick, ask for a newspaper to be held up to make sure <laughs> the photo's current. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm their, I'm their timeline. They, they, Just for the record, I saw her this morning. She seems very happy, lovely, and happy birthday next week, Mrs. No, this, no, Mrs. Joe Fennig. I'm, 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 I'm saying, timeline. I saw her this morning. I saw your wife yeah, this yeah. morning. For your mum and dad, yeah, if they're I, listening to the podcast. Tell her what I bought her for. Oh, well, what'd you buy? Because a parcel her. arrived. Yeah, yeah, bought her. She didn't open it, by the way. No, no, bought her a Louis Vuitton bag. Why? Well, can I ask you, why are you desperate for Oh, because you're not going to be here for a birthday. I'm away next week. That's right. Mate, are you mad? I'm for a birthday. Like, I'm mad. Are you mad? She doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's fine. She's fine with that. She's so here screaming no, through well, the door later. It's because well, she opened I, the present. <laughs> what I said was, look, I'm going to be away for your birthday. Is that all right? She goes, I don't care. That's her exact words. And so I, I bought her an early birthday present. You know, I'll still be celebrating the day with her. I'll, you know, there's, The technology will still connect us. But um, I bought her a nice little Louis Vuitton bag that's 
not the cheapest gift in the world, but a very well, she's always had her eye on it. I know she's always wanted it, and I thought I'd surprise her. Good work, Stephen. You're yeah. such a lovely husband. Two blokes talking Louis Vuitton. Well, a lot, a lot of uses for a lot of uses for Google Home. Do you use your Google Home for not at all? Uh, not at all, ever. No. You joking, really? No. I use mine a fair bit. I quite like it. Not at all. Well, are you going to, if you're a sports fan, you're going to use it even more, though. And I, I, I like the fact that, that Google are making an effort to, a small, to give this a more Australian flavour. And if you're a sports fan, you can now access sports results, uh, get fixture information, so NRL, AFL, Rugby Union. Hmm. And you can, you can find out when the next match is on. You can get live scores. You can get match results, when's even next, news. When's the next Rabbitohs match, Stephen? Uh, Saturday at 5.30. Don't need Google Home, see? Yeah, there you go. No, that's for me, though. But, you know, a lot of people still unaware of why, and this is important, and I'll be honest, I pretty much broke the embargo on this um, story because <laughs> they told us about it on Monday afternoon. No, sorry, Tuesday afternoon it was it was being published, allowed to be published on um, Wednesday morning. And I do a segment on 6PR in Perth uh, Tuesday afternoons, taking calls. And the most amazing call came through, given I just received this email. It was from a bloke called Peter who's visually uh, impaired. Mm-hmm. He uses Google Home. Thinks it's amazing. Can talk to it, find out information. Can't find out footy information. And I said, oh, Peter, look, I can't tell you what's happening, <laughs> but I can tell you that tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock you'll be happy man. <laughs> Um, and, you know, hinted around the edges. And was he? And I, I yeah. believe so. But it was brilliant for me to get that call because it made me realise why this is important. Absolutely. You know, in the same way that, by the way, Google this week added wheelchair accessibility to the Google Maps, yeah. another great feature that we take for granted, the idea that we can just put in a map and go where, go where we want. But, yeah. you know, people in a wheelchair or pushing a pram struggle with stairs and things like that. Yeah. So the idea that anyone, you know, of any ability, as long as you can speak to Google Home, uh, can ask and find out at football scores may be simple, but it's also powerful. And this basically goes to the transition that needs to occur over the next, I think, five to ten years of us being willing to speak more to our homes, being willing to just say yeah. out loud the things that we want to know rather than just tapping it into our phones. Well, I think it, it's critical for – I think they will, obviously they want the bigger cut through in Australia with the, having Google Home, Google Assistant, and sport is, the, I think, the magic bullet for Australians because we love our sport. A lot of us are big sports fans, myself included. And being able to ask Google, say, okay, Google, play the South Sydney news. It'll be all be, it'll be all bad the way they're going this year. Going bad, I haven't seen it. <clears throat> They've lost their first. I'm pretty year. sure. I don't follow closely, but I'm pretty sure they're going. There's one team going worse. Uh, yeah, that'd be the Eels. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway, but. It's oh, aren't we a happy couple? Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, I hope we can turn it around. But <clears throat> when do we play each other? Hey Google, when does Parramatta play the Rabbitohs? I don't think it's for a while yet. But there's Mate, a double you're an awful Google. There's a double. There's a double header this week. Souths are playing uh, Manly. No, no one really cares. Man. And Parramatta play Cronulla. Like we double header straight after South the South game at ANZ Stadium. Great. So there you go. If you if you if you want to know when Parramatta, we, we can both lose week. both lose again. Yeah, I think you guys might be a chance of beating the Sharkies. They've lost as well. They've lost their first couple too. Anyway, anyway but uh, the <laughs> what I'll, there's another funny part to this though. It's not just about scores and stuff like that. You can also it's got a bit of a sense of humour where you can ask. Uh, to tell for the Google to tell you an NRL or an AFL joke. What? Or you can even ask, okay, Google, who's going to win the premiership? And I think 
because it gets to know who your team is, if you're asking a lot, if you ask it who's going to win the premiership, I think it'll, it'll may humour you. So try that on your Google Home. But the other thing too, it's quite tell me, funny. Tell me an NRL joke. What are they? Oh, I don't know. I haven't even tried yet. But well, yeah. I haven't tried it yet. But um, the other Which part- team should we kick out of the conk? Souths! No, thank you. We've already been down that road. We don't want to do that again. It's a good joke though. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, and, and I like this, how it sort of takes the piss a little bit when the, uh, you can ask it to talk like a footballer. And it gives you all the cliches. Well, listen to this show without me. <laughs> yeah, funny, mate. But it can give you uh, the their classic post match commentary, full of all the classic cliches. Oh, right. You know, like it's a game of two halves, two halves, and better team won on the day. Forwards led, led a great platform, and we got the two points and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah good to see that Google's got the sense of humour as well as all the information we need for sports fans. Wonderful. No update required. It's just a back end information that Google now has uh, built into Google Home. Okay, Google, will the will Souths ever win again? Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long. See the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features customers have embraced. You get depth of rich colours, detailed picture quality. Australian customers will always have access to the very best in content with the Hisense ULED TVs. ULED is actually the result of more than 50 internationally recognised patents, and it brings out the best of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Features on board include include 4K UHD, that's ultra-high definition resolution, HDR, that's high dynamic range, plus you get a wide colour gamut, local dimming, and all that adds up to a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. You can also see Stand, Freeview Plus, and YouTube is all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV viewing habits has never been easier, and it's all thanks to that great ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs also come in a range of sizes, starting down at 50-inch, 55, 65, and a huge 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. We talked a fair bit about NBN last week, and we talk about it a lot, but it is you know, an important thing that's affecting a lot of people. Um, I've talked before about how I joined Aussie Broadband after I tried IINet, and I was going to try a bunch of ISPs, but I'm pretty much stuck on Aussie Broadband because they've been so good. One of the reasons they were good, um, I interviewed their managing director, Phil Britt, lovely bloke. Um, explained you got, a, to- you got a brother named Edgar? No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> eh, mate, honestly, good luck. It's just terrible. How can you be like that? <laughs> Just ask it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get Wayne and his. You know, remember Wayne Kerr? Yeah. Anyway. What about Hugo? Hugo first. Stop it. So one of the reasons I liked him because he he told me back when I when I first interviewed him that in every area there's 121 points of interconnect on the NBN. So every 100 POI POIs, uh, basically suburbs, but you know very big suburbs um, across POI. Australia. I thought those piss off instantly and stood for. But I was it's right. Uncle Stephen saying those words, kids. <laughs> um, so he, he, they have their own network into each of them, and they monitor them closely to the point where every night they look at the bandwidth and they go, "Oh, that one's congested. Add more bandwidth." Yeah. I went, "Oh, that's interesting." And I said, "Mate," and he showed me a graph of my area and said, "Mate, it should be great." And I thought, "Why don't you publish these things?" So anyway, they've published them yeah. right now in real time on their website. <laughs> 
website, you can look at your area and you can see the congestion. Now, basically what it is, it's a graph, very hard to read when you first see it, but understand there's a line which shows the, the, the peak capacity, which is the number of lanes they have on the highway. And then there's a, a graph which shows the traffic. And if that, if the traffic line gets close to the, to the peak lanes line, then, you know, there's going to, there could be potentially slowdowns on the network. And I, mate, I looked at every single one of their graphs and couldn't see one that was even close to congested. So what would my closest one be, Trev? Um, oh, I've, got, I've got the website open the, right now. What's your one? Uh, mine is Asquith. Um, Asquith Depot. Asquith Depot, yes. Okay, let's see how it's going right Look now. at that. And so it's we're showing a line here. They've got, um, they've got a little over 450 megabits capacity. They're, it's just barely over 300 in usage at 8 o'clock at night. Um, there's heaps of headroom there for, for you know, extra traffic and extra <laughs> so users. Can I get this clear right? So the CVC is their uh, something, what is it? Virtual Connectivity circuit, virtual, virtual circuit. circuit. Yep. So that's basically how much bandwidth they've bought from the NBN. Yep. They say, right, we've got this much bandwidth. So that's the blue line at the top. Yep. The white squiggly line is what the bandwidth is being used Throughout the day. Downloads. The amount of downloads, so the green line is uploads. The more room between the white line and the blue line means, wow, plenty of room to move. Correct. And if the white line gets closer to the blue line, you know you're hitting the limit. Well, you're, gonna, you're closer to the limit. It's only when it hits the line that you're actually at the limit. And that means congestion. That means you, you could, it'll slow down a bit. Yeah, and you know Aussie Broadband's policy is not to sign up new customers in an area where they're at eighty percent capacity and cannot add bandwidth. So if for some reason they can't add, then they won't sign you up. Okay. Interestingly, uh, <coughs> POI by POI, you can see that they have different amounts. So in mine, there's four hundred fifty megabits. How do you know yours was Asquith? Oh, mine automatically right? comes up. What's more, um, would my one be here? Though? Oh man, it'd be hard to work out. But if you went to the MBN website, you might be able to work it out as well. But there'd be a way of finding out. But click on that one to have a look. And and so what you'll see here is that this one. Got four hundred. You'll see others have got a thousand or two thousand because they buy their averages around one point nine meg per customer. So you can actually use this information to work out how many customers they've got, right. and that's why you won't find any other ISPs releasing this so information. The, yeah, that's what I was going to ask because the, 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 this this is pretty open. Sort of a, how I wrote the story is that there's total transparency in yep. them. The no BS policy. Yep. Uh, I won't say the word that they suggested, but this is kind of adds to their their customer service, their goodwill to the customer saying, right, you can look, we've got nothing to hide. So why wouldn't either OSPs offer this? Because uh, it's it's basically commercial confidence. So I can look at this and say, and work out how many customers they have in this area. Yeah. Um, Telstra could do the same and they could then, they go, hang on, they've got lots of customers, let's target that area for marketing, you know. Um, and so basically, also, the other the other telcos are probably at, got congestion. They're probably at capacity. Yeah. That's the thing, though. My my point is that if you if before you buy, this is the thing. This is now a before you buy situation. So Stephen Fennie, you are months, days, weeks away from getting the MBN. Yeah. If you start ringing around the telcos and say, "What's your what's your CVC capacity in my area, and how congested is it?" If they don't answer the question with confidence, like it's not just someone saying, "Oh, we have lots of capacity and there's no congestion." Uh, nah, sorry, not enough. Figures. I want to know more. I want to know. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. and you, you'll struggle to find one that will give you that answer. But because I'm because I'm new to the NBN and this area is new to the NBN, totally. Yes. Well, well, they'll say, "Mate, plenty of room." So, of course. So yes. Is, is that going to be my problem though? Once say, "Oh, mate, I'll be one of the first people to sign." Which up is the why NBN. you should not sign a contract, right? But but is but at the at the start. So say say they connect. So, you know, on the 1st of April, they, they connect my area. Mm. So on the 1st of April, I'm on the phone to Optus, Telstra, Aussie Broadband, and if I ask them, what's your CBC? They go, mate, there's no one on your thing. It's it's wide open. Yeah, but 
you, you'll see. So how do I know if I'm see, one of the first? How do only, I know they're not going to There's only the 121 points of interconnect in the country, right? Yeah. It's not suburb by suburb. In okay. your area, right. there'll be connectivity already, right? See, right? And so it's what they've already bought into this area. And if they if they haven't bought more in this area to cope for the new connectivity, yeah. then you don't want to be with them. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it's about transparency. Um, it's about, uh, you know, accountability. And I, I think that. Essentially, it's the best information any ISP could ever give you, um, and I think it's fantastic. And the other thing, I, you reckon I can find my um, my point you, of maybe interconnect? The, maybe Google what is my what is my POI NBN or something like that. Um, now, the, while you're doing that, let me explain to you why it's important that you use an internet provider who has their own network. So I have a second connection with My Republic. Now, when that was... You love rubbing that in, don't you? Yeah, and I do. <laughs> when that was... There you go, you type your address. When that was connected, the managing director of My Republic rang me and said, mate, just so you know, don't do speed comparisons. And I went, why not? He goes, we don't have a link into your area yet. We're wholesaling. So <clears throat> I don't know exactly, but let's assume that you know Optus and Telstra have you know capacity into our area. My, My Republic was simply buying off the back of that. Yeah, they were just, so we, we picked the right one. So they were just buying off the back of, um, you know, wholesale networks, whereas what they do now and what Aussie have done is they've installed links into every POI. So the speed tests I was getting were My Republic 85, Aussie Broadband 95, like 10 meg difference because one was yeah. wholesale, one was not. Aussie uh, My Republic just this week installed their own link into my area Ooh. and it's gone straight up to 95. Right. The difference... Have you ever hit 100? <clears throat> no. No, you'll never hit 100 because okay. it's just an inherent uh, headroom in the, in the link. Okay. Um, the difference ISP to ISP can be phenomenal based on whether they own the link, whether they're managing the link, yep. and how many people are on it, and this is the best example of it. Okay. So. so I was right with the, well, my POI earlier. Which I saw, which we saw here before. Yeah. So you know, you can see there that there's there's headroom, there's ready to go, and um, you know, you can shop around. Anyway, great details for people if you're looking to shop around on NBN plans with Aussie broadband. Details at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We all know the the Huawei brand of smartphones, and they're, great they're, smartphones. They're going to be launching a new device in Paris next mm. week, the P20. But heavily uh, leaked, like could it be it more leaked? <laughs> yeah, leaky boat that one, you reckon, eh? Hey? Yeah. Uh, what I uh, I wrote a story the other day, and this was this was actually it, it really impressed me. It amazed me that this feature even existed. This hidden feature of the Mate Ten Pro, some of your best clickbait that I've <laughs> that I've written, but it, it's a feature that if you've got it, if you own the Mate Ten Pro, it's a feature that you can't use yourself. It's a feature for your friends or your family. And the feature I'm talking about is that the Mate 10 Pro can actually charge another device, another phone. So say you and I here together, you're running a bit low. I've got plenty of battery on my Mate 10 Pro. We connect a cable and I can power your device. I can and, charge and look, your device. It's not the first device to do it, but when, when challenged on that before we recorded, I could only think of other Huawei devices. I'm pretty yeah. sure I remember being at a CES or similar press conference three, four years ago where a Huawei had this feature. Yeah. Um, they demonstrated it through a fun video of people, you know, with wanting a charge station and then they revealed that the charge station was powered by a bunch of Mate yeah, 10s. That was the video on Bondo Beach, um, yeah. yeah. And, and oh, look, I agree, it's an incredible feature, but I challenge that it's not, it's almost impossible to use. 
Well, no, if you got a cable, you're fine. If, it, you, if you're, okay, if so you're let's a, say if you're an Android let, let's user. let's go. I'm a I'm an iPhone user or an Android user, and I, I carry a phone, a cable, and a, and a spare battery, yeah. and the battery's dead. Yeah. The cable useless because it's got to be USB C at the other end. So we're yes. probably another year or two away from USB C being that prolific that it's at the other end of most people's cables. Yeah. Um, no, that's true, but it is, it is, you do need a cable. And, and the funny thing was too, I remember when I was talking to Huawei about this, when they showed me the video and said, and, and I, I said, well, I looked everywhere in the settings. It's not in the settings. They said, well, it's not in the settings. You got to actually connect the phones and then it'll come up. So, you know, it's not like you can tick a box in the settings to say enable. You do, when you're connected to two devices, I put images on my story. It gives you the option of sharing data or just charging it. Mm. So you get the choice. Um, and and I, I tested it with with uh, I've charged another uh, a Samsung the Galaxy S nine and also charged an iPhone with it as well. So, um, but again, you do need the right cables and USB C to Lightning cable not a very common cable to have. And mm. would 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 someone just carry that around for laughs to just in case they needed a charge? If they own a MacBook. They would exactly. Yeah, good point. But um, here's here's one question now, and this might sound a little controversial. Why didn't Huawei make a bigger deal of this when the phone was released? Is this a feature? Like everyone, well, I, told I think about because this. It, I think because it's been a feature they've had for years and not well, talked about. Well, well so it's not new because it didn't show on the new list. Because well, okay. it didn't show on the new list this year, that they didn't talk about it. Whereas it was new years ago and we didn't talk about it enough. Well, the Galaxy S nine has got a camera in it. It always has, and yet the camera was still there, top of top of line, top yeah, of mind feature. Oh, big call, mate. That would have been enhanced. But I'll give you another example. You know, do you know how Samsung have got the Dex feature? Did you know the Mate 10 Pro can do the same thing? Yeah. You can connect it to a desktop. Yeah, right. And my my question is this: Why don't they make that one of the selling points of the phone? Like, because mate, they struggle to get us talking about it in the first place. That's the challenge, you can't right? Sell a, a secret. That's my a, point. Totally. But in a retail store, that's the fifteen hundred thing they're going to talk about because people want price, they want camera. I mean, it's just not on the list of things people are banging down the doors for. Yeah. I just think that battery being one of the pet peeves of people with their phone, mm. carrying around a device that you could potentially be a provider of power for other people, and it's not that you've got to have to carry a spare battery, it's your phone that can do this. Mm. I reckon that that's a, a, a kind of like a good Samaritan feature where you, you can be helping other people with your phone. Save the day with, with your that? Huawei Mate 10. Hey, you know, we could write the marketing campaign right now. I found that really interesting when I told people about it. When I saw that video, I found it very interesting that you can charge other devices with the Huawei Mate 10 Pro. I thought that that should be a feature they be they should be shouting from the rooftops. Good on them. Uh, the video and Stephen's examples of charging from the Mate 10 as if it's a battery pack uh, at techguide.com.au. And we do it thanks to the good people at Netgear and the Arlo Pro 2, now available in stores, includes 1080p HD video, a plug-in option with solar panel, even support for Amazon Alexa with live monitoring of your cameras from uh, Echo devices. But here's the thing. Um, 1080p is a big deal. It's a much higher quality resolution. You've got the look back pre-recording feature, activity zones that are built in, 
Um, it's got a smart arm and disarm scheduling capability, including geolocation. It's connectivity with uh, IFT-compatible devices and Samsung Smart Things. Uh, it's an unbelievably powerful device uh, available in Australia with the camera starting at 349. Your, your starter pack probably touch more than that. You got Siren built in, uh, two-way audio. Everything you've always wanted from the Arlo has just gotten better with the Arlo Pro 2. Available now at major retailers. Check them out at netgear.com slash Arlo. Well, Stephen, I mentioned earlier um, wanting to sleep and doing it on a plane. <laughs> We're both uh, getting on a United Airlines flight on Sunday heading to Chicago. Um, Very rare the two blokes are on the same plane, by the way. That's yeah. that's a rarity. Ooh, so, yeah. We're not local, flying back together. It's normally so. royal family protocol. Yeah. You know, you can't be flying together all the time. So you've been to Chicago? Never. Okay, I went yeah. as a kid on the yeah. way to Milwaukee, the but that's it. Chicago, the Chicago wave. You're watching the un- Windy City, watch right? Untouchables, the movie The Untouchables. Can't be doing that. Yeah, it's great. No, great I don't live my life on movies like great, you do. Great movie. Um, just for the record, and not that anyone cares, but like it's a big <laughs> deal me getting on this plane because the Formula One Grand Prix is on. And I'm going to miss yeah. it. Okay. What's wrong? What's wrong? What were my options? Have a guess. Have a guess. Right. I remember the the itinerary, and I'm staying actually an extra night so I can stay do my two GB segment. Yeah. But I, I leave the day after a Souths game, and I get back the morning of the other oh, Souths game. Stop it. So I'm not going to miss a game. Okay. Well, I miss the Formula One Grand Prix. Thank you for live, that. They got a live stream on the plane, mate. They're going to. I am. They have got Wi-Fi on the United Airplanes, and I'm going to. It'd be rubbish, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Put it that way. Anyway, stream it like live stream it. Like, I, don't, I don't think it'll work, mate. United's Wi Fi is awful. No, I will not watch Twitter feed. I prefer to just try and avoid it. I was at Qantas yesterday coming back from Melbourne. I did go to the Formula One bar just for the day with thanks to Epson. Talk about that on my Tech Guide podcast. But um, the um, Wi Fi on the Qantas plane wasn't that crash hot. Really? No. Struggled with it a bit. Really? Speed? Wasn't was no. It was slow. Sometimes it didn't work. Yeah. Interesting. So we're heading to Chicago as guests of Apple. We have an event on Wednesday morning Australian time. Now, this is bizarre, strange, interesting. Um, it's not out of the ordinary for them to have an event in March, but it's not annual. Let's be clear, is it? Yeah. You know, they've had the iPhone SE, they've had iPads at this time of year before. Yeah, but it's March, been March what is iPad two... month. always been iPad month. Yeah, but but it's not annual. Is it? Last year they released, yeah, they did. They released the cheaper normal iPad, not the iPad Pro, a year ago. It came up in my Facebook memories. It, 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 oh, on okay. this day, actually today or yesterday, the 22nd, was when they announced the just the iPad, 9.7-inch okay. iPad, affordable iPads. So here's the thing. It's all based around education. It's at a yes. school. Yeah. It's a, no no risk. At a <laughs> <laughs> they've got a security guard. We're going to school in the US. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you say? I reckon it'll be heavy security. You think so? Um, well, the teachers have guns. And it's ba- oh, it's based around education. The whole thing is it says it. Now, using the normal, let's, let's overanalyze this, uh, the logo is a calligraphy, Apple drawing. It says to me a lot about pencil. Um, yeah. I think maybe uh, the the base iPads will come to, to Pencil will come to base iPad. Maybe iPad Mini yeah. will come pencil. Oh, I don't know. I'd like to see a new iPad Mini. I'll be honest. Absolutely, yeah. I think the Mini is being, I think, the quite achiever of, of the iPad range, especially for schools. And I think the fact that it's the focus on education, I think, says affordability, usability. So yeah. that the ability to mm. now you don't need to have an iPad Pro to use the pencil. Mm. Uh, so I reckon that's that's pretty much a given. Because uh, just Apple to be clear, at the moment, the cheapest iPad is the iPad. 
9.5 inch, 9.7 inch. Uh, oh, yeah, it's four, you can get it for four something. But yeah. um, And then the iPad mini is more expensive than that. And then your pros, right? So the thing is, I think those entry-level versions, which are what everyone's buying because the pros are so expensive, need to get pencil support so they can bring the pencil back to classrooms, right? Yeah. So I think that's I – do, I do feel pretty confident that yeah. it's going to be iPad and it'll be pencil-based and <laughs> – I don't, but I don't think all the rumors about it going iPhone 10 style, you know, screen edge not to edges yet. at all. No, nah, mate, it, it, I, I don't think it I would that's work. A, that's a WWDC. That's Worldwide Developers Conference announcement. But the, the iPad, iPad Pro um, with out of the home button. Yeah. I don't know why they, they you bother. They announced the iPad Pro 10.7 or 10.5, whatever the size. Why is. would you bother with that? I mean, it's because a big you device. Get more you screen size. Ugh. It's bigger and better. I don't it's think better. So. Oh, I think I think it'll follow. Absolutely, will follow. But I, I'm still oh, hoping for a, a MacBook with touchscreen that Stephen Fennick yeah, has put in luck. writing good will never luck. happen. Never happen. Good luck. But and my 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 opinions of these have been. I rec- I'd love. I compare my record to yours, and I think mine is slightly better than yours in in making predictions. But I want to ask you though, being the who predicted of, this event last week? Of three. Uh, yeah. No. We we I think we we already knew it was on. The event. No, we on. didn't, because you said to me, I said you said there won't be an event now in March. It'll be WWDC. Okay. And I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I okay. said, no, I'll, mate. I'll give you that. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, being the dad of three primary school age children, yeah. how important is being able to keep your child writing rather than using? Did your child, your children, still do a lot of writing and running writing and stuff like that? Well, or the youngest ones do, but Jackson doesn't, because you know they don't use pens, and I mean they're using bloody. Computers a fair bit, but do you think this will be kind of if if it's, if it's what we think it is, where Apple Pencil you can use it on a wide range of our iPads now, if that's the case. Do you think, think this is going to be like to, to not lose the art, the skill of actually writing? Yeah, I think I think I'd like to hear the words, the art of handwriting from Apple in some way, shape, mm. or form. Um, I don't know that it's a desperate thing in the education space. I just think that it's a when you when you go in and you say for four hundred I can get that and for you know nine hundred I can get that. Why? Oh, gee whiz, it's a big leap. I'm not going to get it. But I wish I had the pencil. I think that's what they're bringing down. I think they'll just bring the the pencil to the iPad so that we can we can have that accessibility of so it. So do you think though that if you say I already own an iPad, yeah. will my existing no. iPad have it? So it'll be the no. next generation. Yeah, it'll be a new generation you iPad. So? Yeah, it would it be technically possible with a software no, update? No, because the way it's all about the type of screen. And remember when they first launched the pencil, they talked about all the sensors and the screen type and blah blah blah. No, it's not. So it'll be it's not iPad a device thing. Enabled for Apple Pencil. That's right. Right. I'm just looking. I don't know the what the hell they call it now because <laughs> yeah. they have to just get rid of the iPad and call it I, iPad. Yeah. Pencil or something iPad, uh, yeah, the the iPad nine point seven starts at four hundred and sixty nine dollars. Yeah, and the mini is like five sixty nine. Um, more expensive. Yes, it's ridiculous. Really? It's cray cray. Check that well, out. you check that, mate. Not you that check that. You. you check that on on behalf four. of our dear dear listeners. IPad you just check four. whether I'm full of beans <laughs> or full of cow manure. Okay. Five seventy nine. Why? So, can I ask why is that? I have no idea. Because it's got a retina. Hasn't the iPad got a retina display yeah, as well? It does. Yeah. So the iPad for three for. Yeah, four. I bought. I bought iPad. It's great. I love it. Yeah. So the four seventy nine iPad has got a retina display. Yeah. But the mini, which is smaller, is it's more, more expensive. expensive. What's different though? I'm confused. Well, here you can click compare, mate. Let's do it live on the compare live on the show here. Click compare <laughs> that and that. Um, I don't know how you what what button you need to press to compare. I don't know how that works. Um, oh, you can't actually do a compare table. But anyway, look. Bottom line, 
iPad mini needs, I think the iPad mini is a great device. I think they could sell more of them at a lower price point. Um, and I think that's their, that's their main challenge. So, so let's go through it. Here we go. So they both have Wi-Fi and cellular. They're obviously different sizes. Doesn't matter. None of that. It's different sizes. Uh, what has this one got? Fully laminated display, anti-reflective coating. What does that mean? Well, I mean, who cares? That's the only difference in the, yeah. in the display. The, it's got a slower chip. It's a slower chip. It, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Compatible with uh, it's not compatible with Apple Pencil. I don't understand that. No, it's strange, isn't it? Um, and I think it's oh, to be honest. I think it's because iPad competes with so many other devices that it has to be at that price point. You know, your Samsungs and the like. So, mm. so look. Bottom line: the event's Wednesday morning. Do you think there'd be anything other than iPads announced? Oh, I mean, there'll be a bunch of you know educational resources apps, and bar, Swift programming, coding. Yeah. You know, they'll all be about that. But in terms there'll of devices, Mac, uh, yeah, I think there will be a MacBook device as well. There'll be, have to be some kind of laptop product. It's Which not leads me to my my question about the MacBook <clears throat> Air. Yeah. Right. So you got MacBook Pro, a couple of great ranges there, thirteens and fifteens. You got the MacBook, twelve inch screen in an Air Air style body. Yeah. Expensive. Is yeah. there room for a MacBook Air? With a better screen or something in it, but a MacBook Air with a better screen is it's a MacBook. MacBook. So, is it could it be possible that you have a MacBook with a normal screen to make a smaller computer more affordable? So, which will be like the MacBook Air currently, but the form factor of yeah, the MacBook bring bring Air. the keyboard, the battery life, yeah, the USB C. So could it be a MacBook, but I just don't think I don't think well, that's that's without that's, the Retina display. That's what I'm thinking. So, like do you go MacBook do you go Air. backwards on the screen? To, to to make it to educational, it, yeah, that's that, that's that's kind of where it would. You've got to remember, a- Apple not in the market in education outside of you know high schools, yeah. um, because you know primary school parents are you know they're loaded, they're buying you know six hundred dollar HPs and stuff, right? Yeah, but a, a lot of schools uh, and my kids all all uh, my son actually he'd use a PC at my he went to my old high school, um, but my daughters went to the same high school and they were Mac schools, yeah. So I think they got they got a subsidy. So that they they were able to buy the computer. I think it's cheaper. It's quite yeah, yeah. yeah. But they it's got great. they were given the computer. The school, yeah, high school gave them the computer. High school, yeah, high school. yeah, I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah, primary. School. Primary. Yeah. Um, you know, MacBook Air is a fifteen hundred dollar laptop. Now that's broadly achievable, but I think if they could bring that price down, imagine if they had a thousand dollar MacBook, mate. They wouldn't be able to sell them quick enough. No, not at all. And but, it, mate, it, would, it wouldn't have like a ton of RAM. Even eleven ninety nine, mate. Yeah, that would absolutely Mate, make it more affordable. Have a look at the specs of the MacBook Air and say, radio, if we went MacBook Air with the new form, the body of a MacBook, yeah. you're right, actually. Keep the screen. Keep the screen. Keep the form it, it's, it's slightly, It's USB-C, slightly thinner, new keyboard, USB-C, yeah. and, and make cheaper. Yeah. Un- unless, and how big is the screen on a MacBook? Is it 12? 12 inch. Mm. So you can't make it a smaller computer, can you? You can't make a 10 inch MacBook, can you? No, I think that would be crazy That'd to go. Like it's it's a very size. small device already. Yeah. Like the MacBook, my I bought my wife a MacBook and it's tiny. Like it's it's yeah. it's okay. Daughter, you wouldn't go daughter, smaller. You, my daughter is, is has got one as well. My eldest. One that was on the podcast earlier. I've done yeah. if I've edited that out. I hope you have. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's uh, yeah, she got a MacBook, a gold MacBook. She likes yeah, it. My wife's is rose gold. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the event is on next week. We'll have full coverage at techguide.com.au and eftm.com, and no doubt you'll hear us on the radio and see us around as well. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, there's some interesting news from Telstra and the Galaxy S9. Telstra made a big deal about the fact that they actually set a 4G speed record, and we should heavily qualify this, that 
the speed Heavily. record. Speed record was recorded in their gigabit-enabled sections of their network, which is pretty tightly spaced around the Sydney CBD. You've got to stand on one toe out the front of the 400 George <laughs> Street with one arm in the actually, air actually and, no. and, and, the, and the phone up your... Oh, what? <laughs> I actually thought... I mean, remember being in the lobby of the Telstra building in George Street in Sydney and thinking, I reckon... I'm going to do a speed test here. I reckon the speeds yeah. in here will be yeah, crazy. And it was dreadful. No, it's around the back you got to be. Yeah, but in the building, it was actually quite poor. But anyway. And I remember doing... We, we were there for the Netgear M1 launch... Great speed, you know, show the gigabit, but in the end of four, three or four hundred was the speed. I remember doing tests around the area. It was a very small part of the city block where you could get decent speeds. So they tweeted a photo this week, Andy Penn tweeted a photo this week, um, showing a Samsung Galaxy S9 with 1,031.72 downloads and a rubbish 63 upload. Um, <clears throat> it's only 60 times better than what I've got here at home. Yeah, I understand that. But on a mobile sense, you know, 30 or 40 is pretty common. So it's not like that's a big leap forward. Yeah. But, you know, a gigabit. Is massive, right? That's solid. So that's great, but I just but you need to be in the area. Yeah, and I actually Jeff Quattromani was a massive smartass and replied to Andy Penn with a screenshot of his speed test at the car park at the airport. Now airports normally have really good yeah. speeds, but it was like you know three meg, two meg, something like that. And it's like, well, that's great, Andy, but you know, have a look at this. And that's the problem is, mate, this is like three city blocks. Like, well, where are these networks being rolled out generally? And I'm not sure they are. I'm not sure they're actually actively rolling out these cool, super fast networks. Are they concentrating on 5G now? Like, why bother with 4G? No, but see, the, but like... 5G is still two years away. The the 4G uh, evolution is is pretty yeah. pretty steep up to up to the tipping point of, of 5G. So, look, no doubt, it's it's brilliant. It is a it's a huge record. It's a great speed. It proves the device's capacity. I think the the critical thing here is yeah, actually not to bag Telstra. It's to say, you know what? All they were doing was making an example. The S9 has that capability. Yeah, it's cat 18 that's pretty product. exciting. Yeah. yeah, category 18 product. That's that I think the new iPhone will have that as well later this year. And as will a lot of others, uh, but the I think typically Telstra network speeds, yeah, there are some places, some pockets where it's pretty average, but other other places it's pretty fast though. Still, yeah, you still yeah. get it's it's not uncommon to get hundred megabits, two hundred megabits per second in a lot of places. Oh no, and mate, oh, I got three hundred on Vodafone the other week. Oh, we've actually stopped talking about mobile speeds because they're so good. Yeah. We've stopped doing tests. You know, they're just good now. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And by the way, they're a million times better than America. Um, yeah. Stephen's got the story in the, in the image up at techguide.com.au. <laughs> Stephen King off the reviews with uh, something from our mates at Netgear, and this is the puppy we saw at Vegas, a cracking good gaming router. This is the Nighthawk Pro XR500. Now, if... I'm very surprised uh, at the at the launch event the other night. I was very surprised to learn that more than half of Australians play games online. Uh, so I think the the stat was 43% play online just on PCs. That doesn't take consoles into account, which I think would account for even more people right. online. So uh, and more than 25% play online for six hours a week, which is a fair bit. That's a quarter of the population wow. plays online that long. And so gaming is a popular thing, and Netgear in the habit of delivering products that customers want and can use. So in the, if, with that in mind, they've created the XR500 to give gamers the edge, and they already go to a lot of trouble. They buy special keyboards, mouse, a chair, high-end PC. So Headphones. They, they, every, the whole bit. They, they've got all those products to try give them the edge. Now, what they have or haven't got until now is the ability to increase their network efficiency 
and to get that extra couple of milliseconds, which is the difference between them winning and losing in in, yeah, in the game. Difference online. between a headshot and a miss. Exactly right. So with that, the the not only do you get the great hardware, but also a good platform for you to do things like prioritize the bandwidth for your device or find the closest server to you. So if you're playing, that's the critical thing for me in this device. The, the software allows you to to go. Okay, everyone else on the network, you're you're behind me. So you can actually say of my network, eighty percent of it should be allocated to this device. Yeah. My Xbox, my PC, whatever it is. Mm. Everyone else on the network can still use the network, but they can't use... Stuff everyone else, I'm taking all the bandwidth. But essentially, they're just allocating a smaller... Yeah. It's it's like a highway saying, radio. we're going to block the main freeway and we're going to let the politicians drive down there and we're going to make the punters drive the old road. Yep. Right, and the traffic's over there. That's a good They'll analogy. still get through, yep. but it's just going to be slower and potentially some congestion. But the other one that I love in the demonstration at Westford CES, I don't know if they did it at the launch, was yep. that whole... You know, you sit there with an Xbox and you go, I want to join a game, and it just finds a game for you. Yeah, with this thing, it, 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 it uses the network traffic to, to isolate the traffic in such a way that you can only, it'll only find closed servers. Yeah. That's fantastic. So that, that, that added, they call that the, like, find the ping, so the servers that you ping to. And if you're playing in Australia and you're pinging a server in London, that's not ideal. But if you can find a server closer to you and set a geofence to say, right, I want to be here, mm. then you can do that. The other thing I like too is if you're playing with a group of people and there's always a laggy player, so there's a player who might be their equipment slow or their network's not that good, you can actually boot them off. It's like Survivor. You say, look, you're out. You're off the island. Boom. You can ban that person so they're not going to drag down your performance. Yeah. But, but like gaming is so competitive that there's even security on this thing. Like gamers – I've heard stories where game like teams that play together can often be the victims of um, denial of service attacks because oh. they don't they want their they, the opposition doesn't want their their network to be as fast so you can protect yourself pretty low handed sort of underhanded tactics oh. but it exists and you can protect yourself against that as well. I'll be honest, this the price is what's got me most because normally Nighthawks you know yeah. high end seven nine nine four four nine. It's a great price. And and not only like what impressed me too is the fact that it's it's a great bit of kit, but it's designed for gaming experts. A gaming people, not network experts. So it's really easy to configure, really easy to assign the bandwidth, really easy to find those servers. So I think this could be the edge you're looking for. The Nighthawk Pro XR500, $449, and it's available now. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, we mentioned the HTC U11 Life the other week. I've got to be honest, I've not stopped using it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's an unbelievably great device. It's a $699 Android phone coming through. Phone, is it? I thought yeah. it was $599. So pretty, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure it's $699, yeah. Uh, coming in through Vodafone. It's it's uh, the first phone other than uh, essentially the Pixel to feature Android 1, which is vanilla Android. It's the cleanest possible Android you could get. Um, worst feature of the phone is that the back looks beautiful, but it just gets buggerized with uh, smudge with magnet. smudge it's like an awful like it's hard to clean too like i can i can rub that there on my pants nothing it's just let me clean up how often do you do that Trip? always i'm always you know you just rub it on your and there's nothing that's really fast look at that. movements on your pants it's not that what the hell's going on the bloody torches turn, turn on jesus no i turn the camera on was because it's static? got the i turn the camera on because it's got the uh squeeze feature 
that the U11 originally has. Now, I'll be honest. So it, is, it has got a lot of the features of the U11, eh? Yeah. The U11 was like a $9.99 product, yeah. and this has got nearly every feature. Mate, so The camera, the yeah. camera is good, yeah. not great. I, I took this to Ed Sheeran concert and took a bunch of demo photos, S9, iPhone 10, HTC, and in some of them, people were like, oh, the HTC is the winner there. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it wasn't the best camera, but it was bloody good, right? Yeah, it holds its own, doesn't it? Now, because it's clean Android, it's made it's just so fast, so easy to use. I've got to say, Google Pay has impressed the hell out of me. It is five nine nine, beautiful. Okay, five nine nine or five five nine, five nine nine. That's excellent. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Google Pay has impressed the heck out of me. I used it for the light rail the other night, let alone just normal tap and go. So it's got NFC. Got NFC. I thought myself I was not going to have that, and then I went, "Oh, there's an NFC button." So, like, what 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 HTC's done here is basically packaged the U11 and made it more affordable. I don't think they're. If if they had done if they had said okay the U11 is now five ninety nine everyone's going to go what but yeah. because it's called the U nine nine U11 look at the screen what's Android what's wrong with that screen oh, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful really nice but the they've they've delivered a great product like the one that in my opinion punches way above its weight at this price range five ninety nine if you bought an Oppo people were taking a selfie yeah. <laughs> if you bought an Oppo at that price. You're going to get not only an iPhone clone, but you're also not going to get NFC. No, that's the, the thing. The, Most yeah. of the time, in this price range, you start to lose. It's not a bad front-facing camera either. Pretty good. Like you got to be honest. Um, most of the time, you're losing features, and yeah. that's why I went, "Oh my god, it's got NFC. I've got Google Pay." I have literally not missed yeah. using a more expensive phone. Is it a five-inch screen? Or six inch screen. Don't care. Five, don't, five. No, it's five because the, the yeah, no, it's definitely a smaller screen. It might be five, five point, point something. Two, yeah. Five point two inch, which you like because it's and and it's a, I think it's at a size where it's, it's not holdable. too big, it's not too small. It's a good mid. I'm calling it range. holdable. Holdable, right? Okay, but it's like I, I tend to love a bigger screen, but I, I'd get by with that, and I think that's the reason why you're liking it is because it's not too massive. Yeah, it's not quite the eighteen by nine design. Don't care. But it it still delivers. Like the quality is there. You can you can feel the quality in your hand. You can see the quality of the screen. And because it's using Android One, which we should explain is is this is the first one in Australia to use it apart from the Pixel. Yep. So it is it's pure Android. You're not yep. getting the bloatware of a of a UI user interface on top of that. So um, I, I I think this this is already out in stores. So if you want to buy it on a plan, it's through Vodafone only. Mm-hmm. But can you buy it outright and use it on another network? Or not? I don't know. I think it's only stocked through Vodafone at the moment. I'm not sure it's being stocked at any retailers. Okay. Bottom line, I love it. And at five nine nine, I reckon it's the best mid range phone on the market. Um, and, and that's that's a big deal. It's a, it's a great yeah. phone. And it's it's also got the adaptive um, audio as well, so it adapts to the way you hear sound, just like the U11 had. Yeah. I, I I can't think of a feature the U11 has got that this doesn't have. Can you think of one? No, but I'll find out. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to talk to our mate Tom and yeah. ask him. Ask him. But Jen, I'm 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 really pleased for HTC because at that price and with these features, it it should do well. Again, it's always a challenge in this market, but yeah, yeah. big fan, big rap. The HTC U11 Life, uh, five nine nine at Vodafone. Stephen, yes, Trevor. see you on Sunday. We will. Yes, uh, we'll see you in the lounge. Which one are you going to? Singapore or New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand, lads. Oh, you've got, you got a choice. Yeah, I, I think with United, you've got a choice. Where are you going to go? Where are you going? Go? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, always go New Zealand, mate. It's much better. Yeah, life. I quite like that too. I'll, I'll, uh, even though you're there, I'll still come. Two blokes <laughs> talking massive snobbery. Yes, the lounge. <laughs>
But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be an interesting event uh, and uh, we'll be back. We'll, we'll record over there if we can. Yeah. It's going to be tight because yeah. the event happens and then, then, you're on a then plane. we're on a plane. So I'm on a plane. So it could be very, very tight. Worst case scenario, we'll have to record on the Friday when you get back. But uh, Good Friday. We'll do our best. It's Good Friday and I've got South Play at 4 o'clock, so you better come here. You better meet me at the airport. <laughs> what about the demands yeah. being placed upon me? <laughs> Rightio, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. See you in Chicago, Stephen. I'll see you there, Trev. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenney.